Hi guys, my name is Rocky Bello. For people just hearing of me, I'm a podcaster that wants to inform people about Nigerian history one podcast at a time. Today's fun fact is that there are over 200 million people in Nigeria. This is why we have so many tribes and cultures. In this episode, we're going to talk about the Songhai Empire. I know the Songhai Empire isn't really Pacific to Nigeria, but I want to talk about it because it's really fascinating. This is personally one of my favorites and I'm excited to share it with you. To start off, the Songhai had a ruling period from 1460 to 1591. It had over 1.4 million square miles. This landmass is even bigger than India. It covered Niger, Mali, Mauritania, Senegal, Nigeria, Guinea, Gambia, Algeria, Burkina Faso, and the Ivory Coast. You can assume that with that much landmass, the Songhai was pretty powerful, and you would be right. The Songhai Empire replaced the Mali Empire. At first, the Songhai was a small kingdom along the eastern bend of the Niger River, but in the hands of their leader, Sunni Ali, they expanded more than before. This was from 1464 to 1492. The Songhai Empire's power was more likely to have caused rivalries than enemies. One of these enemies were its own people causing civil wars and secondly, then the second enemies were outside like the Moroccan Empire which fought the Mali Empire and won, causing it to dissolve into the Moroccan Empire. Before its demise, the Songhai Empire did well for itself by the trade through its capital Guao. They controlled trans-Saharan trade through centers like Timbuktu, the territories on their south and the re- of the Niger River were attacked, and soon major trading ports like Dijen were taken over. Unfortunately for Sunni Ali, though, all this new territory did not give him access to the gold fields of the southern coast of West Africa that both the Ghana and Mali rulers had grown rich on. This was because of a Portuguese fleet sponsored by the Libsyn merchant Finau uh, Gomes. He had in 1471 sailed around the Atlantic coast of Africa and established a trading presence near the gold fields in modern Ghana. These sea routes in the Mediterranean were opening up and leading to a lot of competition to get the trade goods to North Africa and Europe. The Portuguese did not succeed as they hoped in exploiting Africa's resources. The Songhai had managed to monopolize this the Saharan Cameroon trade, which brought rock, salt, luxury goods, and luxury goods like fine cloth, glassware, sugar, and horses to the Sudan region in exchange for gold, ivory, spices, kola nuts, hides, and slaves. Timbuktu, with a population of around 100,000 in the mid-15th century, continued to thrive as a trade port and as the center of learning into the 16th century's and 17th century and the city also boasted many mosques and 150 to 180 quranic schools trade centers became sophisticated urban centers while housing built in stone and many having a large public square for regular markets and at least one mosque around this core was a floating suburban population living in mud and reed houses or tents rural communities were independent of agriculture and the rural markets indicated a food surplus. Famine was a rare event during the first half of the Songhai Empire's reign, and there are no records of any peasant revolts. 
The Songhai government was much more centralized in the respect of more federal arrangements of the earlier Ghana and Mali empires. The ruler was an absolute monarch, but despite that, he had over 700 inuks at his court in Gao. Songhai kings were never quite secure on their thrones. Of the nine rulers in Songhai Empire's history, six of them were either disposed in rebellions or died in violent deaths, usually at the hands of their brothers or uncles. A king, a queen, a, sorry, a king that reigned long enough benefited from it, and there were an imperial council of the most senior officials, which included the finance minister, the admiral, and the, of the Songhai fleet who also supervised the regional governors, the head of the army, and the minister of agriculture. There were also ministers responsible for forest, wages, purchases, property, and foreigners. A chancellor secretary dealt with the official paperwork. At the local level, there are many officials with specific duties, such as policing or checking the use of official weights at trading centers as well as the head of local craft guilds and tribal groups. One official who nobody could escape from, although the rich had to pay him more than the less well-off, was the local tax collector who gathered in goods for the crown to pay for the army, court, and provide some provision for the poor. King Mohammed, a former Songhai Empire commander who had, rest, who had wrested the throne from Sunni Ali's son, Sunni Baro, became the use of the, the became the use of the distinctic title Asaka or Sika. The new king formally forming a fully professional army for the first time would oversee the greatest territorial extent of the Songhai Empire, earning his place as the Songhai's second greatest leader after Sunni Ali. The loss of control of slice of a slice of West Africa's gold trade to the Portuguese may have been one of the reasons for King. Mohammed's decision to expand the Songhai Empire's interest to the southeast. Three major cities of Hausa land located between the Niger River and Lake Chad were recorded, according to historian Liu Africanist, attacked. Gobir, Castina, and Zaria, the fourth major city in the region, Kano, were obliged to pay a hefty tribute to the Songhai king. The capital, Aguao, in this period, boasted an impressive 100,000 inhabitants, and the empire stretched almost from the Senegal River to the west in what is today known as Central Mali to the east. In addition, the territory included a lucrative salt mines at Tang Ta uh, Takahaza in the south. The Songhai Empire completely dominated almost the whole stretch of the Niger River, West African Trade Superhighway, so that, sorry, West Africa's trade superhighway. So the Songhai people were now a small minority group in a state that encompassed such a diverse group as the Mandi, Fobi, Monsi, and Torak. The Islamic religion long established in other empires in the Sudan region like Ghana and Mali had a somewhat precarious existence in the Songhai Empire, at least initially. King Sunni Ali observed certain Islamic practices like the Ramadan fast for political expediency. Only he sacrificed animals to trees and supported pagan sorcerers. And he ultimately was, was anti-Muslim in that he persecuted without mercy Muslims who were a political threat.
In contrast, his name was King Muhammad, who, as his name would suggest, he was a convert, and he even made the pilgrimage to Haji or Mecca, which is, which is, which is the highest standard a Muslim can do. He also received the received the honorary title of the Caliph of the Sudan. Muhammad imposed Islamic laws on his people, appointed qadis, or qadis, which meant Islamic ma uh, magistrates or judges, as heads of the justice of Timbuktu, Dijen, and other towns. And he uh, and he also engaged the services of North African Muhammad Al Mahili as his government advisor. The works of the latter would become an important part of the Islamic reform movement that swept the region from the 18th century. Certainly, an urban elite developed, which an urban elite developed. I'm sorry. Certainly, an urban elite elite developed, which predominantly, which was predominantly Islamic. Not just made up of wealthy merchants, but they also sprang up a class of religious scholars whose texts may not be examined. Who, whose texts examined the ins and outs of the religion and also produced works of many other subjects from science to history. King Muhammad may have even tried to impose Islam as a state religion, but as the Songhai's predecessor state in the Sudan region, Islam was largely limited to the elite and urban populations around rural communities and the greater part of the population remained loyal to their traditional animist, animist beliefs. In the latter region, in the latter religion, it was thought as it was thought that spirits possessed certain objects, especially impressive natural phenomenons like trees, caves, and predominant natural features. The two most important spirits were Habriki Diko and Dongo which linked the Niger River and, thunder and thunderstorms respectively, which is hard surprising, which is hard, which is hardly surprising given its importance to the river and trade and rain to the, and rain to the dry savanna of West Africa. These spirits and others had to be constantly kept in a good mood, hence why they're made offerings as of food and drinks and honored with masks, dances, and ceremonies more of a belief system that was a former religion. They were nevertheless practicing priests, the Turkey or sorcerers, who made it in their business to minimize the inference of evil spirits in their village affairs. The Songhai Empire began to shrink around the edges, especially in the West, from the last quarter of the 16th century. This is, large, this is largely due to the string of ineffectual leaders and civil wars of the right of succession, which blighted the empire ever since the death of King Muhammad in 1528. One particular rivalry between Muhammad V Bano and his brothers effectively divided the empire in half. Then the final death flow was swift. The Moroccan leader Ahmed al-Masur al-Dahabi, known rather grandly as Golden Conqueror, sent a small force of perhaps 400,000 men armed with muskets to attack the empire in 1590. And the Songhai army numbered some 30,000 infantries and 10,000 cavalry, but their weapons were mere spears and arrows. As a result of this technological mismatch, mismatches, and the Moroccan won the war, even if there are few, even if there are few 
intellectual Songhai fightbacks over the next few years, the Songhai treasury was seized and the empire, including Timbuktu, was absorbed into that of the Moroccans, becoming a province in Songhai. West Africa, West Africa's large, West Africa's largest ever empire, has simply crumbled from within and evaporated, which would be the last great empires that had dominated West Africa since the sixth century. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. This is all for today. If you guys want to know my sources, email me at rakib at gmail.com, r-a-q-i-b-a-d-i-o at gmail.com. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode, and it was nice talking to you guys. Bye. Peace.